Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Shaka, Stevie and Kay here in the studio. We'll be hearing from Ian Dark shortly as well. And we'll start with the Copa del Rey where it was the second leg semi-final between Athletic and Athleti. Athletic bringing a 1-0 lead into this and scoring another three in the second leg with the Williams brothers combining for both of the first two goals and then Gorka Guruzeta making it 3-0. It does mean that Athletic Club will advance to the final to face Mallorca in the Copa del Rey. Let's welcome in Ian Dark to talk more about what we saw in this game. Let me start with you though, Stevie. <laughs> Athletic dominating in that game against Athletic and the scoreline showed it. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, really this to me was about a first half of who made the clearer chances and who took them. Uh, and, and Atletico Madrid will probably tell you that they made more chances, albeit half chances, but they couldn't even get them on target. They were blasting them over the bar, putting them wide. And then, of course, you saw the two goals, just beautifully, beautifully crafted and beautifully finished. Two wonderful chances and two chances that they took. And that meant that they could relax and play their football. Uh, and that's what they did for the rest of this game and, and got the third one in the second half. And there's no question over both legs, not just, not just one, they were by far the better side. And listen, before I get to Athletic with Ian Dark, let me just get the Athletic angle here, Shaka. Mm. That's a disappointment. I know they didn't have Griezmann, yeah. but to be losing by that scoreline. It, it, it was. I, I thought uh, Atletico Madrid looked, looked disappointing on the night, in, in all honesty. And yes, you're right, and, and, and Ali Moreno was saying in commentary without Griezmann, who would step up and, and fill that void for, for Atletico? And um, they, we, we were left scratching our heads. I have to admit, when they showed that full screen with, with Atletico Madrid, 60% possession, 17%, 17 shots on, on well, on, on uh, Atleti's goal, uh, Atletic's goal, at no point it felt like that. No. You know, I, 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 watching that game, at no point it felt like Atletico Madrid had more possession. And, and I, it, it just kind of speaks to... Uh, Bilbao's efficiency um, and, and just how they were able to take the game to Atletico Madrid. Because, uh, again, uh, some of those stats were a little bit deceiving. Uh, Atletico Club I, I, were, were simply outstanding, the, the, the Williams brothers in particular, on, on the night. Yeah, let's talk about the Williams brothers, Ian, if we can, because on what has been a standout season so far, as Shaka just said for Athletic, those two have been shining on either flank. Yeah, they're the torchbearers, aren't they, for Athletic Club? And I think there's something about this club in this competition. They've won it 23 times. Only Barcelona can beat that. So that's more than Real Madrid, more than Atletico Madrid. And that first goal is a fantastic strike, isn't it? What a beautiful volley that is by Iñaki Williams. Both of those brothers scored against Barcelona when they knocked Barcelona out as well. So... They have the magic touch, the eye of the tiger, call it what you like when it comes to the Copa del Rey. And they'll fancy now they can make it win number 24 in the final. Yeah, just taking a look back at how it did all play out between these two sides. And just to stick with it, Ian, Athletic, what a season it's been for them so far. Just the way they're playing under Ernesto Valverde, every player playing their part in this team from back to front. That's why they're getting the results they are. Yeah, then they're very good to watch as well. It's a great atmosphere when you go to San Mames and they call them uh, Los Leones, the Lions. And it is a bit of a lion's den going there. And Barcelona have got to, got to go there uh, in the next few days as well. They will have big hopes. I think they're a club, really, given their tradition. You'd like to see them finishing in the top four and making it into the Champions League a little bit more than they do. That dream is still alive for them. But I do wonder coming up to the game at the weekend whether they've hit such an emotional high by getting to the Copa del Rey final, how much they have left for, the, for this clash with Barcelona. Yeah, hosting Barcelona, as Ian just mentioned there, on Sunday. We saw a much better Barcelona last time out against Tetafe, Stevie. Mm. How do you see this one going? Can they cause any problems for Barcelona? Well, I think oh, they can definitely cause them problems. Uh, and the key for the Athletic is, I think, what Ian said. Can they step on the field and be at the level they were in this game against Atletico Madrid? Um, because they're up against the side that we don't know what we're going to get. You know, we talk about, oh, they've been better recently. This is Barcelona we're talking about. And the fact that we're talking about them, well, recently they've, been, they've played much better and they've scored goals and they've deserved to win. 
that, that can disappear as quickly as it seems to have appeared. So if, if you're athletic, I, I think if you can get your if you can get your psychology correct, because that's what it's going to be. It's not about fitness or anything else. It's about getting the right mental preparation to play this game, because there's no question, they do not need to be scared of Barcelona. Mm. No, obviously, and now the through to the Copa del Rey final, they're fifth in La Liga, as you just saw. They're three points off fourth spot right now, Shaka. Do you think they can make the top four finish this season? Uh, I think they can, uh, but it, it depends, obviously, on, on a lot around them. Um, there's as Atletico whole whole do they cope with the, the absence of, of, of uh, Anton Griezmann continuing on? Um, and then you, you automatically shift your focus uh, further up your table to, to Barcelona, Girona, who all, all of a sudden are, are slipping. They, they have quite a buffer, uh, Girona, on, on that fourth place. Um, but still, you, you just wonder how much they continue, continue to slide. So it's, it's, it's more about... Um, uh, Atletico con continuing the, this good run of form that, that they are, they are asking favours or some of the others to kind of maintain that inconsistency in, in Barcelona's case. But you'd love to see them rewarded for, for their football, and particularly how, how good they've been um, recently. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it, but again, you, you were asking others to... Um, to drop points where, where maybe you, you might not expect. And then talk about asking others. Real Madrid have been asking others to step up. They take on Valencia on Saturday, Ian. They do seem to keep scraping by, even when everything's going against them, even when they're missing players. It was Modric who stepped up last weekend against Sevilla. Yeah, probably playing one of his last games, you would think, for Real Madrid. He hasn't been happy. I think he's been quite grumpy around the camp. That's the word, anyway, from Real Madrid, because he wants to play and he still believes he, he should be in the team, even at 38 years of age. But you're right, they keep on finding a way to win when it matters. And, of course, that was a massive result when Girona came to the Bernabeu and got wiped out, really, Real Madrid stepped it up they knew how big the game was and it does look as if the title is going to be theirs uh, this season barring some late dramatics maybe barcelona can make a, a bit of a late charge and and keep it alive who knows yeah well you can always hear more from ian dark on our la liga coverage and there'll be more of that coming up this weekend as valencia and real madrid face off and athletic and barcelona face off Atleti have a tough test of their own against Real Betis, although they are at the Metropolitano for that. All of these games available, as always, on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Friday game in the Bundesliga. Round 24 is Freiburg taking on Bayern. Bayern back in action after last week's win over Leipzig and playing catch-up still with Leverkusen. Let's welcome in Archie Rintut to talk more about this. Archie always pitch side for us on these Bundesliga games. There he is. Great to see you, Archie. Let's talk a little bit about some of the reports we're hearing from the German media about Thomas Tuchel's approach now with his players and the team talks that have been 
obviously talked about and him saying everyone can show up for the new coach now so this is his motivation telling those players that maybe he doesn't get on with so well that this is not about me this is about your new coach that's coming in sure I think that there is a certain amount of over-dramatization when it comes to the dressing room being against Thomas Tuchel. I think that it's actually just a small number of players who, it's fair to say that I, I don't think Joshua Kimmich and Thomas Tuchel see eye to eye. And the way that he's been treated by him has shown that much. The same with Leon Goretzka in the center of midfield. But I don't think at any point those players have downed tools under him. And in fact, I think that actually the way that Thomas Tuchel has managed those players has, has reduced their confidence to the point where they are uncertain of themselves and are unable to carry out roles in midfield. But again, that goes back to Tuchel wanting a holding six, holding six a defensive midfielder that he didn't get in Xiao Pelinho or indeed in the uh, slightly more expensive variant, Declan Rice, who... I don't think it was ever going to come given how much he was likely to cost. So I, I think that, yeah, likely that these sorts of things are going to make headlines, but I don't, I, I, the way that things have occurred now means that the pressure is on the players to perform. And, and Thomas Tuchel is, is not really giving two hoots really about how he's going about his business. Uh, he is just very much plowing on merrily and going, well, it's up to you guys. And to be fair, like th those words that you've read out, I would say they're reflected in his approach generally. So I'm saying that's cool. He's showing it on the outside as well. Yeah, I mean, how does a coach approach this, Stevie? Like, how hard is it to then manage this team of players that know that you're leaving at the end of the season? Every single thing that we've just listened to there tells you why we all said, if he's going to go, he goes now. If I'm an owner and my coach has had a meeting and turned around to the players and said that, I'm, I'm going down the stairs and thanking him very much and getting your car and see you later. That's unacceptable. That's completely and totally unprofessional. And Archie's closer to this than we are. And Archie's saying that clearly he doesn't give a hoot. Get him out the door. How do you expect anybody to play for a guy when he's treating them like that? And it's just, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And, and people say, well, the players are professional. Listen, there's a difference between being professional and going out on the field and working hard. There's another thing to die for the cause. Which other there's, a, there's a reason why Bayer Leverkusen are top of the league. Because they're dying for each other. They're dying for the manager. They're dying for the club and the, player, the, and the, and the, and the fans. Bayern Munich players ain't going to be doing that and they certainly won't be doing it when the manager is turning up and giving team talks and being Mr Sarcastic. <laughs> Not a chance. Get him out the door. Do you agree, Shaka? Yeah, and listen, I, I, I don't... I, I can't imagine playing for a manager knowing that he's, he's going to be gone at the end of the season. We've all kind of spe had spells where you know manager might be on his way out because results aren't great or whatever. But, but still, for all intents and purposes, he is the, he's the manager. He's the one that you look to to, to make decisions, to, to lead teams. Um, but if you know that Thomas Tuchel is not going to be around next season, if you know that you could pretty much coast from now to the end of the season and probably finish second, at the very least finish top four and get Champions League football, which is, which is the minimum, it's unlikely regardless that, that you finish top, um, What's, what's your motivation to, to play for that manager? And, and similarly, if Thomas Tuchel knows that his authority has been pretty much stripped, he's just kind of telling players when to show up for training and, and maybe saying what the starting 11 is, but he, he doesn't have any real gravitas within, within the dressing room. Well, let's take a look at the to list of coaches. When it go, on, go on, Archie. I, I was just, just going to add that there is something to be played for by the players because they have deals that are running out uh, in, in the not-too-distant future, particularly in the case of Joshua Kimmich, whose future is, is one of those which is, there's been a lot of doubt cast upon. Leon Goretzka, as well, is seen as a sellable candidate. Alfonso Davies is in that bracket because his contract is up next summer. Um, so there, there is something to be played for here. 
if if that's what they want. And and Tuchel has, has also he, he said to us in, in an interview last week that he's just trying to be as professional as possible. But sometimes the way he is with us, <laughs> you think, well, I, is he being as, as strict or as tense as he was? I, I think he, he's in a difficult position himself in terms of he's not experienced with this. How does he act? So I think that's how I would explain his approach, whether whether we agree with it or not. So what you're saying, Archie, is he's not as prickly as he was when he was actually in the job and not leaving at the end of the season, maybe. Yeah, I think right. I think I think that's a that's a way of a way of putting it. Albeit he pulled <laughs> me up in my first question last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we always look out for those moments in our coverage. Uh, odds for the next coach, though, are like this. This is what we're looking at right now. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about who these players will be showing up for come next season. Archie, we're actually hearing that Julian Nagelsmann's been linked with a return. We see him at 8-1 to one here. What more can you tell us about that? <laughs> so my reading of the Nagelsmann story is, is as follows. I think that the info I was told was that the Bayern board, when after they sacked him, saw him as arrogant. And I think for there to be the kind of U-turn now, for him to come back in, I can't see that. Where, this, where has this story come from then? Is it Julian Nagelsmann's people saying, hi, just to let you know that after the Euros are done, Julian will be available for business again? Perhaps. Is it somebody on the buy-in side of things saying, oh, look, Julian Nagelsmann gave this interview in Germany last week saying that it, it was misreported, uh, his side of the story, what happened at Bayern and how he had permission to go away for a day and had been had actually this skiing holiday was was which was a lot was made of he was he was away for a day and had been in the office unlike people above him so is it somebody who's trying to then spark another story out of it all in all okay i can't see it i'd be very surprised but then again i said to you in july that i thought there was a greater chance of us seeing stevie and lederhose and then harry kane moving to Bayern, and look what happened <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see Stevie and Lederhosen. That's, that's, yeah, that's the issue right there. Well, um, obviously, a lot of the reports we're seeing is not Stevie and Lederhosen. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, is Bayern still set on Chevy Alonso? What's the latest there? <sighs> Trying to get an answer out of Chevy Alonso to a question that he doesn't want to answer is equivalent to trying to draw blood from a stone. He is very much in his own path and we will find out when Xabi Alonso wants us to find out when uh, what his next move will be. I do think the longer time goes on that I, I, I think, could he stay on at Leverkusen for another year? I don't think now is a good time for him to go to, to Bayern Munich. Uh, to, to, be, to, to jump from what is a relatively pressure-free environment from Leverkusen uh, into Bayern where I think they're less forgiving of if you don't win a game than they would be at Liverpool, for example. I think Liverpool would would be more welcoming, even if there is a huge amount of pressure on that job as well, following in Jurgen Klopp's footsteps. I think that that is a more comfortable ride for him and a, and a better would be a better pick than going to Bayern right now, given everything that's happening there. And yeah, I, I think for now... There is there is no real movement in it. I'm interested to see how he gets on this weekend. We'll be at the game, this derby away at Cologne. And this is this promises to be a potential, yeah, a tricky game, even though Cologne are in all sorts of trouble not having a good season just because of the kind of atmosphere that these derby games can produce. And it's the sort of hurdle that you need to negotiate if you want to become champion. Yeah, and obviously we saw Bayer Leverkusen get lucky last season. Uh, last season, not last season, last week. Uh, just with Bayern, though, Archie, this weekend, is there anything that happens to Tuchel if they lose to Freiburg? With the game being so close to the Lazio game and having won last week against Leipzig, I can't see anything happening should they lose to Freiburg. Not that he has great memories of Freiburg as, as an opponent because that was only his second game after he took over last season and they got knocked out 
in the DFB Cup in what was probably one of their most embarrassing defeats of the season. Freiburg, in terms of budget, should not really be laying a glove on Bayern, but it is their brand to be punching above their weight. And yeah, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this to see how somebody like Merlin Röhl, who is an excellent young talent who has really progressed for Freiburg this season, didn't have a good game in the reverse fixture, but he's grown a lot since. I'm wondering how he might be able to take on a Bayern side that might not have Leroy Sane in it. We know it won't have Matthijs de Ligt, who's suspended. And Bayern still looked wobbly for my money last, last week, even if Harry Kane bailed them out again. Well, we look forward to seeing how the weekend plays out. We're going to let you get some rest, Archie, because we know you've got a busy weekend. You'll be stadium hopping and pitch side for us on these games. Don't forget, you can watch all of them on ESPN+. Plus. We'll see how Bayern fare tomorrow against Freiburg and how Bayer Leverkusen do on Sunday against Cologne. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sunday brings us the Manchester derby at the Etihad. Manchester City coming into this one as favourites. Surprise, surprise. And Manchester United coming into it after last week's loss to Fulham and then that midweek FA Cup game which earned them the prize of facing Liverpool in the next round. So it's been a, a bit of a difficult week, it's fair to say, for Eric Ten Hag. These are the predictions. Everybody is predicting a Manchester City win this weekend. Ian Dark still with us. Could things get even worse for Ten Hag come Sunday, Ian? Looks like they could, doesn't it? Because you can't really see them. I can't see any form line at all where you'd fancy Manchester United. Manchester City are unbeaten at home in the Premier League for the last 35 games. They've won 30 of them. They always seem to get two or three goals. They're going to get a stack of chances. I mean, Haaland back on form with five goals in the Cup the other night. So I think what Manchester United have to do here is put on a performance. They're going to have to be nearly perfect, I think, to even have a squeak of emerging with anything at all from the game. But uh, all logic suggests a Manchester City home win. They're just a much better team at the moment. Shaka? Yeah, I, listen, it, it's to, to, to Ian's point, it's, it's hard to make an, an argument for, for Manchester United here, though Eric Ten Hag will be quick to point out that they've, they've only lost one so far this calendar year, and, and, and that was against Fulham. But the, the performances have not been great. Um, and, and, and similarly, even if you look at, at the first game um, for a couple of days ago in, 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 the, in the Cup, was it yesterday, um, where I, I thought defensively up against the physicality of, of, of Iwanyi, Manchester United struggled, really struggled to, to, con, to contain him, to, to contain Forrest for, for long spells in that game. Now, Iwanyi is, is, is a physical player. Erling Haaland is, is a totally different, different ask. Has that, has that physicality, if not more, and is, is, and is a finisher like nobody else in the Premier League has, has seen. So that, for me, defensively, raises a lot of concerns about Manchester United. At the back, going forward, I, again, without Hoyland, and you saw this in the, in the FA Cup again uh, yesterday, 
I, I just feel they, they're missing uh, a focus, they're missing any kind of spark uh, attack-wise. The only, the, the only well, positive, I guess, you can, you'll have to call it from a Manchester United perspective, is Manchester City just can't seem to keep a clean sheet themselves. But you have a City who are back scoring freely, and yes, I know it was Luton. You have Haaland, who's again found his, his shooting boots. It's, it, it doesn't paint for a very good, a very good 90 minutes for, for Man United. Yeah, and I think that's what you guys have been bringing up, isn't it? That even though the form might be better, that the performances haven't been convincing you at all. Yeah, well, the results... Even, even the form, form as in the bookies, the way the bookies look at it. But on the field, you, you can't think anything other than Onana in goal has a worldie. The back four defends like Chelsea did when they got a point in City a couple of weeks ago. And of course, Man United, if they can take advantage of some situations on the break. I mean, that's it. That, that's the only hope they have. So there is a chance. Well, of course there is, yeah. There's always a chance. We, we expected Chelsea, two weeks ago, was it, to get absolutely annihilated against City. And what they did was they defended for their lives. The goalkeeper was outstanding. The two centre-backs have never played as well. And on the break, they looked sharp. That's the blueprint for United. Problem is, can they keep a clean sheet? Can they stop Man United getting multiple goals? I don't see it. Uh, yeah, and talking about looking sharp, what about Kevin De Bruyne making up for lost time this season, Ian? He's looking really, really sharp. Yeah, they took their time letting him back into the first team because it was a serious injury. Um, so he was good and ready, I think, when he did return. They used him for half an hour here or there, but now he's ready to start and you're starting to see the old Kevin De Bruyne. And of course, he's got freshness on his side now for the business part of the season. That was always the plan. He's come back. He looks like he's had a makeover with this mop of hair now. And, um, you know, he's making chances and he's got this chemistry with Haaland. And Manchester United, I think, are going to have a lot of trouble containing them. I mean, you... The boys are right. How do United play this game? They've got to really congest and tackle like tigers in the midfield and fill those half spaces that City like to operate in and then break very, very fast with Garnacho and Rashford. But they're going to miss Hoyland because he gives them that extra spark up front. But, you know, they showed at Aston Villa, OK, they rode their luck a little bit there that they could absorb a lot of pressure and break out and win. But they had Hoyland in that game and Villa are not Manchester City. So where do you stand on their top four hopes, Ian, this season? I think they can make the top four this season, possibly still. Um, I don't think they're going to get anything this weekend, but that is a gap, isn't it? They've got a cut to Aston Villa. What's the gap there? Eight points. And we're getting pretty late in the season now with only 12 games to go. So, yeah, in theory they can do it, but I think it's starting to look like the Europa League next season for Manchester United, they've got to look over their shoulders a little bit and make sure they finish in the top six. OK, let's get to the Bruno Fernandes TikTok debacle. Uh, you may have seen <laughs> that Eric Ten Hag has had to defend Bruno Fernandes because he was targeted by Forrest, according to the Manchester United manager, play acting and feigning injury. They put it up on their TikTok account and he said, I'm not going to say what injury he has, but it's a serious injury. And seeing how serious it was, they criticise him on social media and it's pathetic and can't be. He has a serious injury, but he continues to play on Saturday. He fought to be part of this game. He has a very high pain threshold, and last year he did something similar at Spurs, and it shows his leadership, and that is very good when you're a leader. It flows into the team. So the moment is him going down and then getting back up very quickly. Uh, what do you think of this, Steve? So, so, so just to be clear, <laughs> Fulham put this up on their official channels. Is that what it is? Yeah, they had a bit of fun with it on TikTok. And he didn't like that they were making fun of this moment. Well, I, I, I'll have to say, I, I agree with Ten Hag in that I don't think it's Fulham's place on their official channels to poke fun at, a, at another club's player. You have more than enough people who are willing to do that. So I, I don't think, as a football club, that's the role that, that you should be playing. That being said, it's kind of there for everybody to see what happened. Um, and Bruno Fernandes will be criticised for it. And while Ten Hag may want us to feel differently, been seeing this from Bruno Fernandes almost since his arrival at Old Trafford. So th this is this is nothing new no. to those who've kind of kept an eye and seen this from Bruno Fernandes time and time again. Um, 
that's just who he is. I'm, I'm not sure how that leans into the leadership that Ten Hag is talking about. That, for me, made, made absolutely no sense. I, I, I will say, though, that as, if I'm a Manchester United manager or if I'm involved with Manchester United in official capacity, I'm not happy with Fulham in their official capacity um, kind of making fun of, of, of another team's player. Right, and, and Ten Hag saying it's a serious injury, which is what's bothered him more. Is it enough? What's a lot of nonsense? <laughs> it's a serious injury, yeah, right. Are you kidding? Get a job in it. If it was a serious injury, he wouldn't be playing. And if it's a knock, which it probably will be, it's something that every footballer gets and plays with. And if you can feel it, you get a jab in it and it takes the pain away. And you get out and you're playing. And you watch this guy. Do you think this is the first time he's done this? Not a chance. Steve, no way in a million, Stevie, a million you're, you're years. You're a TikToker, aren't you, Stevie? <laughs> Sorry? You're a TikToker. Oh, I. <laughs> I mean, it's just... And, and, and quite honestly, I don't understand why Ten Hag's responding to this. It should be, the, if the club are not happy with it and Ten Hag's not happy with it, he should give it to somebody else higher up and do it in an official capacity if you're not happy. Don't, don't be answering a question. You just, you, you back these things off if you don't get any sense. Where do you stand on it, Ian? I think it's a storm in a teacup and everybody needs to just lighten up a, a little bit. I mean, it's a wild west out there, isn't it, with social media and somebody in the Fulham PR office has thought they'd have a bit, a bit of fun and, and put this out. Probably it wasn't that wise if you want to get all serious about it. And if uh, Fernandez really has got a serious injury, I'm with Stevie. If he's got a serious injury, he's not even playing, is he? And if he's got a serious injury, that was a very quick recovery he made in that match against Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you feel that? Do you feel like though going to your point that maybe it's it's lacking class from Fulham? Do you feel that he has been targeted here? Like Ten Hag said that he's been targeted by Forrest for this moment. Targeted in, in, in what way? <laughs> that's the you. That's the that's the language that Ten Hag used to describe what what Forrest were doing here. That they were targeting Bruno Fernandez for this moment. L listen, you, you're you're the best player at Manchester. You're the best player at any football club. You're going to get targeted in, in one way or another, <laughs> yeah. right? Let, let's let's. Just, just move away from from that. So I, I, I don't I don't understand I don't understand the I don't understand Ten Hag's complaint. Well, okay, targeting with, with, with social media is one thing. Targeting on the this, not, this is nothing. This nothing. is nothing new. You're 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 the key player on for the opponent, and this is not about Fernandez. This is not about Manchester United. You're the key player for the opponent you're going to get targeted whether it's being man marked whether it's, it's the the the, uh, the opponent, you're going to be physical with, with that player you're going I, to mean, wind I, them up. I mean particularly I, wind them up he's yeah, a guy exactly that, he's a guy I, I, that you can wind up which is what obviously so throughout the game do, do you think that's what they're trying to do trying yeah, to find cool. him but, but that's, that's, so. that's just common <laughs> tactics that, that's so. nothing new that's nothing if, if, you, if you're playing, if we're playing against Manchester City tomorrow, I want somebody to target Kevin De Bruyne. Make sure that he doesn't pick the ball up in space. Whatever it is, you, whatever you need to do to ruffle his feathers, you do that. Now, I, I, like I said, anybody who's kept half an eye on Bruno Fernandes know all you have to be is slightly physical with him because he starts going down, he starts moaning to the referee, he starts rolling around and remonstrating, and that is he, he's as easy as anybody in, in terms of key players for big clubs to just put off their, put off their game in, in that manner. So it's, it's not hard. It's not hard for Bruno Fernandes. And to that point, if Bruno Fernandes were a little bit stronger, were to stay on his feet a bit more, were to take some of those bumps and bruises that come with, with playing in the Premier League, then it wouldn't be that easy. It wouldn't be that straightforward as to how to get under his skin. Do you think, do you think Ten Hag is going to tell his players at the weekend... Kevin De Bruyne has been out for a while, lads. Let's not, let's not be overly rough with him. Give him plenty of space, plenty of room. I don't want any nonsense. Just leave him alone, OK? What's the chances of that? Seriously. None. None. Zero. Not a, not a one. And every team that plays against Manchester United should be trying to wind up Bruno Fernandes, should be laying a little bit on Bruno Fernandes if they can. And, and if they can't do any of those two, then get in his ear and put him off that way. Every single team that plays against anybody who's got a player who can hurt you, you've got to go about it 
in a certain way that doesn't get you sent off the park? Well, probably the, the easiest parallel, currently parallel I can draw, is with Vinicius Jr. Mm -hmm. And we saw, particularly last season, how easy it was for opponents to wind him up and, and how quick they were to do exactly that. And while we, we sat here and we do not, we do not condone any kind of racist rhetoric that was, was aimed at him, but, you know, the little ruffling of his hair and speak, whispering thing in his ear and, 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 and on corner kicks. We said that Vinicius Jr. has to be able to handle some of those situations a lot better. Just dismiss it. Don't get into that verbal back and forth with the opponent because it puts you off your game. And I think he's handled that a whole lot better this season. He has, he has take, taken that onus on himself to move past that to be the player that he needs to be. Now it's on Bruno Fernandes. Everybody's going to just keep doing it until Bruno Fernandes stops being so easy to wind up following on in Vinicius Jr.'s uh, example. What do you think, Ian? Part and parcel of the game or sometimes a little too much? Well, part and parcel of the game, isn't it? I mean, he is and cuts rather a petulant figure for the guy who's wearing the captain's armband and he doesn't seem to be quite the right leader. I think big picture here is Manchester United need Bruno Fernandes to go back to being the player he was when he first arrived, when he was full of goals and full of assists as well. If you look at the stats, that's the story. He somehow now, with all this pressure and hullabaloo about Manchester United week in and week out, he looks like a sidetracked kind of figure. You want really to put blinkers back on him again and get him to really concentrate on the job in hand. And the job in hand is getting Manchester United to somewhere near, at least somewhere near, where they used to be. All right, well, a lot more talk about Manchester United, Manchester City and all the rest of the Premier League teams over on our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date with all the biggest topics over there. If you haven't already, click subscribe when you visit. Paul Pogba has been banned from football for four years for a doping offence. The 2018 World Cup winner tested positive for testosterone back in August of last year after Juventus' game against Udinese, which he didn't feature in. The player has confirmed he will appeal and assisted, uh, insisted that he's never knowingly taken a banned substance. Here's the quote from Paul Pogba himself. He says, I'm sad, shocked and heartbroken that everything I've built in my professional playing career has been taken away from me. When I'm free of legal restrictions, the full story will become clear. But I have never knowingly or deliberately taken any supplements that violate anti-doping regulations. There's more talk about this topic on the latest Gab and Jewel show. Make sure to go and catch that wherever you do get your podcast that show drops twice a week oh it's that time oh. of the week <laughs> it's been a while you know and you know what i've only seen one thing and i'm going to say shaka's got this one spot on. liverpool liverpool are top spot after on. winning silverware after advancing the cup even with their kids we see how long it, it continues uh, and we, we know but as of right now liverpool are top Hard to argue it with Leverkusen being being second. They just continue to, to rumble. Second and unbeaten in every single competition all yeah, no, season. Yeah, yeah but, but Liverpool just won silverware. So you got to give them that. So they're top. you got to give Liverpool. They're top in the league. They just won silverware. Yeah. So they're, they're first. You tell Leverkusen is second. Inter are probably the former team in, in, in Europe right now. They just can't be stopped. They made light work of Atalanta, who had been on a fantastic run themselves. Um, when, when was that? Yesterday, City just have, have seemed to find form right in time for the running, as you'd expect. Real Madrid just continued to motor along. Yeah, never mind about Athletic and Mallorca making a Copa del Rey yeah. final. They haven't won silverware yet. Copa del Rey. That's a final. They yeah. made the final. Mallorca yeah. against all odds. Yeah. Let them win something. Athletic are <laughs> what? Fifth? Mallorca bottom half of the table. You don't get much love from me for that. Um, I'm, I'm a hard man to show some love to. No, but you're right again. No. You're right again today. Oh, sorry, uh, Stevie says he's right, Ian. Have you got any issues with his power rankings this week? I think you've got it spot on, Kay. What about <laughs> Real Mallorca? 16th in La Liga. They made it to the final of the Copa del Rey. That's why you shouldn't be on it. Oh, yeah, the in the final. Chelsea made it to final too. I'm not including Chelsea, them. how much did they spend? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, 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 That's what I'm saying. They're not in. 
You don't, okay. you don't get love for Check making it. a final. Does the algorithm not speak Spanish? Try to change the rules. Uh, Behave be, be yourself, Key. That's I my think, best work yet I've found. I think Shaq would make a good DJ. You know, he's got all those new <laughs> entries into the charts. You know, it's, yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of sexy and cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a good DJ voice? No, no, no. I'm, no I'm, I'm no DJ, I'm sure of that. <laughs> I am sure of that. Well, I'm five a... down two, Liverpool number one. <laughs> <laughs> Let us rock. <laughs> we'll be back later on. Ian, look where you started. Ian, I'm blaming you. Between these two, between these two, you started this, Ian. He's answering the questions tonight on Extra Time. You'll be with us for the latest edition of Extra Time, which will catch up on He was thinking for a long time there. I thought I could smell the wood burning. Goodness me, bless him. Well, we've definitely had some fun in the month of February. Oh, that we had. put it all together for you and bring you the best of the month. Here it is. If you were in your prime right now, Stevie. What, what makes you think I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough as we've hardly seen any signings, but which of the Yan signings do you think would create the most impact? What are the Yan signings? Or Jan signings. I thought Yan. Oh, 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 no, no, Yan is your Yeah, this is for the this is the Gavin Jules. Oh no! We'll never know oh. the significance of the old-fashioned phone. <laughs> Don, who you got in the Super Bowl? In case you don't know, it's Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, Mahomes. For, is that 49ers, Mahomes? No. 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 I'm going 60% City. Wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute, fool, mate. You, were you working it out? Were you working 90% <laughs> 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 It's hard to give a percentage for three teams. 55% for Manchester City. 45% for um, uh, Liverpool and 10% for Arsenal. No, Sorry, I don't know. No, 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 And what was your favourite ride? Well, in fact, we know your favourite ride at Disney World. <laughs> the water slide. Where are my glasses? Where are my glasses, guys? Tell you what, I panicked. So, I mean, I don't think you would be... Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. See what happens when you have a little cheeky pop at somebody? Coughing away. Don't cough. Take a breath. <laughs> Take a breath. People were wondering why there was no one else in the swimming pool. Well, would you go in the pool with somebody looking like me? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Cup final a few years ago. <laughs> For those listening oh, on the podcast, we just had a. Uh... Oh, what will? For a man who works with cameras for quite a lot, can't, can't find the camera. Where are you looking? <laughs> just in case. And the off chance somebody asks a decent question, because I can tell you, this is a gigantic waste of time. The next one's brilliant. <laughs> well, that'll be the first in 10 years. Ready? Craig, I think Pochettino needs the encouragement of the positivity corner. <laughs> <laughs> so there's me, you, Jan, and a head. <laughs> Look at that floating head there, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh, acting, mate. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody said that the picture that went with the YouTube uh, picture last time you were in the positivity corner. The thumbnail. Look, the thumbnail looked like Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, a lot more. Craig does look like Michael Myers, you know. He acts know like him at all. Oh God. <laughs> Who are you more scared of? Well, well, I'll, I'll take my chances with Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, stick around. Extra time is coming up. These two and Ian Dark will be answering your questions. Thanks so much for being with us on the latest edition of ESPN FC. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We're delighted to have Ian Dark with us. We've got Stevie and Shaka as well. That's great too. Um, let's get you our questions. First one is for you. Just, you can refer to yeah, you kind of refer to me on TV as a couple of throwaways here. Well, we got Ian Dark. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. Then, you guys we've, got, we've got these couple. We've got. Ian, what's the, I just had an attempt at the young sixteen-year-old. You're the stars of the show. I'm just... I'll go on. Ian, what's the young sixteen-year-old's proper name? It's N N Y O I. Is that right? Enjoy. I haven't actually had a chance yet to ask this young man how to say his name. You know what happens? Mm. They all sit in front of a camera at the start of the season and pronounce their names so that the commentators and everybody else gets it right. But you know what happens? 
everybody carries on getting it wrong. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, the most famous case is Bruno Fernandes. Every year he sits in front of the camera and says the name in Portuguese, Bruno Fernandes. Everybody carries on calling him Bruno Fernandes. Because <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because everybody's going to wonder who we're talking about if we start talking about Bruno Fernandes. Aye. Bless him. Aye. At the start of the season, that kid probably, nobody thought to ask him his name, Aye. thinking he'd play. Surprise, I don't probably. Yeah. He yeah. probably never did it. Yeah. Well, He'll tell us soon. We'll find out. We'll find Steve out. Stevie will find out. He'll find think. out for us. Yeah, Stevie the linguist. All right, Steve uh, Shaka, when returning from vacation in a sunny place, I struggle to find motivation for work. How have you been doing since Carnival? Not very well, is the short answer to that. I have been struggling for motivation. <laughs> I've, I've been struggling to get out of bed. Never mind that. It's hard, man. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Carnival is a nice time of year in that just as you're getting tired of, of the winter, you have your, or you, you look, you spend your, your first, what, two or three months of your winter thinking, all right, I'm going for Carnival. And then by the time you come out, you've only got a month left. And then at least the weather changes. So it's, it comes at a nice time, but it's, it's never... It's never easy. Any time of year, going back home and coming back. Never easy. Who's laughing away? What are you, you laughing at? I'm <laughs> just laughing at him. I'm <laughs> just laughing at him, telling him <laughs> about the winter and carnival and all that. Well, you know, I've got to time it to I mean, perfection. He's been away from home for many years. 40, 30. A lot. Living in London, where it's lovely and warm, you should be oh, able, yeah. if there was anybody, should be able to figure out how it go from one to the other, you're the man. I'm still working on it, Stephen. All right, fair enough. Maybe right. next year. All right. Next year I'll get it. Okay. For Ian, this is from Shaka Hislop's credit card debt, which oh, I'm oh. sure is a, a lot Ooh, bigger right. now. For Ian, if you had to pick one, which young player would you pick for the Euro team? Cole Palmer, Conor Gallagher, or Kobe Mainu? Uh, I think it may be a little bit too early for Kobe Mainu, but I think he's definitely a future England player. Um, Gallagher's a great box-to-box -box worker. He could come in useful in the squad. But if you're asking me, I'd go for Cole Palmer because I think he's got this wonderful composure when he gets near the opposition penalty area. He scores goals, and quite often his last ball is a killer ball. So I think he is worth taking. Ian, uh, no. Which one of these managers need to win the FA Cup more? I'll ask you all of this. I'll actually start with you, Stevie. Ten Hag. Eddie Howe or Pochettino, rank in order. Oh, Ten Hag. Ten Hag. Yeah, I mean, I think the new... Is it Jim Ratcliffe his name is? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would guess that he right now is, is looking for a way out for Ten Hag. And if Ten Hag turns around and wins the FA Cup final, that would just make it a little harder for him just to say thanks very much. So I, th and I think Ten Hag definitely, definitely has to win it. I don't think either of the other two are losing the job anytime soon. More than Pochettino then, Ian. You were on that call for Chelsea Leeds yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I think it might be him, you know, because the only route now left for Chelsea into Europe next season is winning the FA Cup. Um, and that would put them into next season's Europa League. They're not going to do it through their league position, not unless miracles happen. So I think Pochettino, we don't know with Todd Bowley and his cohorts how they're going to handle things, but they've already got rid of Graham Potter. Are they going to look at it at the end of the season and say, well, you know, we've spent all this money, what's really happened? And we're stuck in the middle of the table and we're not playing European football next season. So I think... Pochettino really does need to win that FA Cup. They keep getting drawn at home. They're getting all the help from the draw. They've been drawn at home in every cup game they've played this season and they're home to Leicester in the next round. So, you know, they'd be favourites to win it, but who knows? You know, I, 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 I think Poch as well. I, I think kind of given what you saw in, in the Carabao Cup final, given their league position, I, think Poch, I would think Pochettino needs to win the FA Cup of, of all those three. But let's say the season ended now, or all those teams finish where they are in the league. In, in the league, they nobody none of the three go on to win the FA Cup. I think Gab was making this point last week. Of that, of that three, Pochettino is the most likely to still be manager of, of of their club next season. If 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 the season stopped right now, and so while I'm saying Pochettino needs to win the FA Cup most, 
you, you could turn that around saying he's the most likely to still be manager of, of their, their club. The, the one thing though, they've got some, somewhere along the line, Bowley and his, his, his cohorts have got to figure out where, where is the real problem here? Because this is, this is their third manager. Yeah. Good manager. So, yeah. Three good and, managers. Yeah, and we're not talking about taking a chance on anybody. You get Thomas Tuchel that won the, the Champions League a, a year before. You bring in Potter, who who got Brighton to incredible heights, playing incredible football. Then you bring in Pochettino, and, and nothing changes. Surely the penny's got to eventually drop. That the three that are picking all these players are the ones where the blame lies. Because if you're telling me those three managers are just bad coaches, then I'm sorry, I'm not harming it. So why are you getting rid of Poch? Okay, so what, what's your ranking then, Stevie? So Ten Hag first. I'm going to go Ten Hag, Poch and Eddie Howe. You guys would have Ten Hag second then, Ian? Yeah, Ten Hag second. I mean, Eddie Howe does need to win it for Newcastle. They've had an injury-riddled season and their defence is leaking goals right, left and, and centre. They don't look great frankly, at the moment. Um, yeah, Eddie could do it. They, the, the fact is, they all need to win it, but uh, they can't all, yeah. can they? And Newcastle, mm. what, they got drawn Manchester City away. What, what you, what's your ranking, Chaka? Yeah, I, I, I go I go Poch, Ten Hag, Howe. Eddie Howe. Ian, what's one of your favourite memories while travelling to commentate for a match? Um, the weirdest one was in, uh, in Brazil in 2014, when we were covering the US team playing against Germany in a place called Recife. And we walked out of the hotel in the morning to find the place was about four feet deep in water <laughs> and no cars or anything were running. I mean, it, it looked like we might need a speedboat to get to the game. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, hmm. how we got there, I have no idea. We had to transfer vehicles about four times, beg for a ride on the US coach. They wouldn't let us do that because of the security. That I think the, the team management were happy enough for us to do it, but uh, the security people weren't. Um, and we ended up with the local police chief helping us out, sending a vehicle to get us to the game, which oh, amazingly no. was on. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that, you and Maka, Ian? Uh, no, that was that was me and Taylor Twelman, and Taylor could tell you the tell you the story too. I mean, he was sitting doing pieces in the back of the car to various radio stations, enjoying and loving every minute. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, it was the US games would have been. Yeah, uh, for all, if the season ended tomorrow in the Premier League, who'd be your Player of the Year and Manager of the Year? Ooh. Um, manager tomorrow. of the Year. Manager of the Year. Jurgen Klopp, um, Player of the Year, Van Dijk. Stevie? Yep. Yep, same. Absolutely. Ian? Yeah. Manager of the Year, Gary O'Deal, for the job he's doing with Wolverhampton Wanderers. They might even make the top six. They look a threat to everybody they play. Um, that's a bit of a, a left field pick. Player of the Year, probably, I think, Maybe Declan Rice. Job he's doing with yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Ian, other than finding it flooded outside your hotel room, <laughs> what is a commentator's nightmare and have you ever experienced it before? Yeah. Um, no, I haven't experienced it, but I, I, I'll let everybody into a secret. I do have this nightmare and it happens quite a lot where I'm in a football stadium trying to make my way and find where the gantry is through all the little corkscrew staircases that you get in football grounds. And I can hear that the game's going on and there's, there's been goals scored and I'm still trying to find the way to the commentary. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, like dream, it never ends either. It never ends. The agony continues. I never do get to the gantry. <laughs> oh, wow. Glad that didn't happen to you, Ian. Yeah. Not yet. It's, it's funny, isn't it, that usually nightmares are something that, that's like that rather than monsters and scary things and ghosts, not being able to get somewhere. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, Ian's definitely. Okay, then. What are you on about? Like when all your teeth fall out or something. Your teeth fall out. Well, what's your worst nightmare? <laughs> what's nightmare? <laughs>
Oh, your teeth falling out. We would have barely did a show. <laughs> What's your worst nightmare? I don't know. <laughs> I've no idea. Oh, well, you've, totally, you've totally thrown me. All right, let's move on. Here is Taylor Twelman's name, actually. Stevie, start, bench, or drop, Revs edition. Pat Noonan, Clint Dempsey, Taylor Twelman. Oh, I know he's going to start. Oh, I mean... What's... I mean, <laughs> with all due respect to Pat and Taylor, I mean, Clint Dempsey's... Clint Dempsey played in the Premier League and was scoring goals in the Premier League. I mean, it's ha you can't not pick to, to pick Clint as number one. Um... <laughs> Two and three are interesting because Pat Noonan actually, along with Steve Ralston, probably made more goals for Taylor Twelman than anybody else. But at the end of the day, you've got to go with a goal scorer. So I'm going to go Dempsey, Twelman, and then Pat, because Pat got a few, but he was more of a... He made, he made more goals and made a lot for Taylor. Uh, for Ian, start bench or drop in their prime. Ooh. Gary Lineker, Ian Wright, Wayne Rooney. Oh, goodness me. Lineker, Wright and Rooney. Oh, my goodness me. So in, in their prime. In their prime. I think Rooney was probably the most talented, wasn't he? I mean, he was talented when he was 16. He was in Everton's team and looking like he was. He played about 100 games after two weeks as a pro. Uh who were the other two? Lineker and... Ian Wright. Ian Wright. And Ian Wright. I'd have to put Gary Lineker second because of everything he did at World Cups. And Wright, he'd have to go third, I'm afraid, on that. But, of course, great striker too. What about you, Shaka? You're the one facing these players. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd probably start Wayne Rooney. And then, honestly... Um, Off the second one, aren't Yeah, you... you, you I mean, right, he's on. Yeah. Right, he's unlucky that Lineker was around at the same time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. right, he was an absolute nightmare to play Night against. Absolutely. He never knew where he was, and all of a sudden, a ball, a ball would get played. Not just an. I mean, Lineker was more of a. Lineker's, Lineker was easier to play outside the box. Right, he was a nightmare because, as I say, he didn't know where he was. And then he would, somebody would play a ball and you'd think, oh, they've just kicked the ball in behind next minute. Psst, right, he's on it. And he stuck it in the back of the net. And he was brilliant in the penalty box as well. Not quite as good in the penalty box, I don't think, as Lineker. Hmm. But then, outside of it, he was way better than Lineker. Poor. <laughs> That's a tough one. If, it is. From what you've just said, it sounds like you put Ian right second. Yeah. If, if you ask me, I would rather play against Lineker than Wright. Mm. If I'm playing centre-back, I'd rather play against Gary Lineker than Ian Wright. All right. That's what I would say. I, I, play, with, I play with Ian Wright at West Ham, back end of his career. After, after a game, after was when we won and everybody, he would go around to every, every single opposing player and say, I thought you were their best player. You know, when you, when you, when you shake hands at the end of the game. So, so we'd be walking off, and you'd see all the... No, Ian Wright, absolute legend of the game. He comes to you and says, I, th I think you're, be you're, you're, you're the best. You're beaming. So we stand there, we'd watch the opponents come in, and everybody's all happy uh, like that. Because Ian you know, because of every single player. I thought, I thought you were their best player. <laughs> so funny. Imagine oh, when God. they shared it with the teammates. Oh, God, yeah. You said that yeah. to me. Oh, you wouldn't believe what Wright just said to me. Oh, man. Oh, I love that. What a legend that man is. Stevie, do you see a lower goal difference causing City to lose the title this year, assuming the three-way race continues to be so close until the end? No. No, I don't think this will come down to goal difference. And I think... <laughs> I think we've got to remember that in previous years, Man City's goals have been absolutely out of this planet. So they're never going to always hit those sort of heights. But certainly, it's, this is going to come down to points. I, I, don't, I don't believe anything. There's not going to be a lot of points in it, though. It's not going to be a lot. No, but I, I don't. It won't be goal difference. It won't be goal difference. You're confident. Say yeah. that with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, City scoring enough goals. Um, they just, they're just not scoring them. That two or three of the years we're talking about have been absolutely off the charts. Ian, what do you think for the, the points or the, the goals at the end of the season? Do you think it's going to be a really tight finish? 
Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, I think Shaka's right. Uh, you, you couldn't rule out a photo finish with it coming yeah. down to difference. And from a neutral point of view, um, let's hope that happens because you want one of those you know, brilliant finishes like we had when Manchester City won the title, you know, with the last kick of the season in 2012 with Aguero and the one like in 1989. I know not too many people um, can remember 1989. They all think football started in 1992, but that was the year. Where, I'm sorry about this, Stevie. <laughs> when Arsenal won 2 0 uh, to win the title at Anfield. Bad memories that, for Stevie that, on that. That would be the last one, really. But, you know, but it would be a great time. finish to the season. It was a great finish to the season from a neutral perspective, not if you were wearing a Liverpool red shirt. <laughs> that, would, that would be the last time that it was uh, decided on goal difference, right? Do you know that, Ian? Yeah, I'm I going. think. Uh, I'm not sure. Didn't City win it on goal difference in 2012? The day mm. Manchester United won at Sunderland. I'd have to check that back, to be frank with you. I don't know. We can usually just text the stats team, can't we? Yeah, no, because City, City won the game, right? Right? Yeah. With the Aguero yeah. goal? Yeah. Yeah, they had to they win the game. Won. Yeah. Yeah, they had to win the game. So I think 89 was the last time that it was one on goal difference. So straight away, that tells you the odds of that happening. Right. For the question. Yeah, doesn't happen a lot. It's close, though. It's close, close, close. I'm getting told City did win the title with a superior goal difference. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was yeah, in the back of the championship. Yeah, championship. It was. All right, that will do it for the latest okay. edition of the right. show. Let's hope Ian makes it to the gantry tonight and my teeth don't fall out. Check <laughs> your teeth tomorrow. tomorrow morning when you wake up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Oh, God. <laughs>